0: Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theopolis, so this is a letter written to a guy called Theopolis, um, um, this is the book of Acts written by uh, Luke, okay? And uh, the guy who was um, most likely paying for him to sit and do this was Theopolis. That's why it's written to him. So he's like, hey, Theopolis, okay, you're paying me for this. So in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach, and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, the apostles he had chosen Um, after his sufferings he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of god on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave jerusalem but wait for the gift my father has promised which you have heard me speak about For John was baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them. How cloud hid him from their sight? They were looking up intently up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee. They said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken, back, taken from you into heaven will go, come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So that's why when it's monsoon time, I'm always wondering whether or not Jesus will come back. Because they said he went on a cloud and he's going to come back on a cloud. So cloudy days, you just, just keep your eye on the sky. You never know. Jesus may be on his way back. I'm going to kind of, I, I read that all to you, and that was probably to some of you, maybe just a whole lot of like, what is he talking about? What has this got to do with anything? I'm just going to slowly go through this and draw out of this some things that I want to preach to you. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay, I'm going to go backwards a little bit, and I'm going to make your job hard, but I'm, you, Joy, you're going to do a great job at this. I know this. So let's look at um, verse four, Okay? Okay? So he comes back, and on one occasion it says here, while he was eating with them, he gave them a command. He gave them a command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He gives them a command. (laughs) Now this is all good and well for them, but let's put ourselves in the story. Let's just put ourselves in the story for a moment. Jesus came here physically right now had a meal with us and gave you a command that you weren't expecting. How would you be about that command? Do you expect God to give you commands? Are you okay with that? Um, Jesus gives commands. Uh, This is a little bit scary. Why is it scary? Because, well, I know for myself... I have a trust issue with God. Maybe you do too. I'm not telling you this because I'm like uh, trying to confess my sins to you really. I'm just trying to relate to you. We have a trust issue with God. And when He comes and gives us commands, that's scary. Because usually God's commands don't have anything to do with our will. Right? Right? Usually, God's commands, when they come, have something completely different. Um, and this, this, <laughs> this goes against kind of like a lot of modern thought that we have out there in society. This goes against like, you know, dream your dream, live your life, pursue your passions, do your own thing, whatever else. I don't know. This is up there on Instagram or Twitter or some motivational stuff to make you feel better about yourself. This goes against all of that. Here's Jesus. He turns up and he just gives them a command. And it's like, well, I want you to stay in Jerusalem. I I want you to stay here. It's like, well, it's all good and well, Jesus. But I have plans. My career plans, you know. Um, I'm just, I've got my, my... my stuff up on linkedin right now and uh there's some people in paris that are looking at it and some people in germany and you know there's some people in australia because really jesus i want to get out of here right i mean let's just put ourselves in the story when we put ourselves in the story if, if what if what if what if jesus was to turn up now and command you to stay in mumbai and your plans were to shift on out it would be tough right it would be really tough. But this is what Jesus had told them. He said, come. He, he said, he, and he didn't tell, t- he wasn't like, hey, suggestion for you, my little sheep, my little flock. It's not like that. It's like a command. I'm commanding you guys to stay. You wait here. You wait. My point is, just, what if God actually was here commanding you to stay? How would you go about his commandment? That's my question. And I, I know I struggle with that. But what you have to understand about the commandments of God is although God commands, he will always prove himself to be faithful. See, he had got them this far. <laughs> Even though he was commanding, he was commanding having resurrected. And, and it ties in with my next sort of part of this sermon where it where he goes on after that commandment. Okay, he says. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. And he goes down to verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days something's going to happen. You guys are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when uh, they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And here Jesus, after his commandment, you have to read into this a little bit. You have to kind of study this a little bit. He says to them, it's, it's, not, it's not for you to know the times or dates. The Father is set by His own authority. So, so let me explain this. These, these guys were Jews. Okay? The Jewish belief was that at some point in time, a Savior was going to come. And these guys, as if you don't know this, I'm just explaining it to you. Uh, they were under the oppression of the Romans. Okay, the Romans... So just imagine a foreign kingdom comes and takes over India. Okay? The Britishers, they come over and take over India. Okay? And uh, you've got, you've got uh, all of these Jews who are oppressed, who are waiting for that one person to rise up, the Gandhi figure kind of thing, and, uh, and set, set, the, the, set the people free. That's what they thought Jesus was going to be. Um, but Jesus did something really different than that. They were expecting um, war and uh, the disciples thought that they would be the generals. That's because, like, you'll see in other parts of the scripture, I haven't got time to go to it now, where, where they're having this conversation with Jesus where, they, you know, I don't know if you know the part where it talks about where they were asking who would be the highest who would be the leader who would be the who would be the most important they they're thinking strategically Jesus, we know what's going to happen. We're, we're going to be going to war with these Romans and you're going to be the, the rider on the, on the white horse and you're going to be you know cutting them down and chopping them up and, and we're going to be right beside you, Jesus. We're going to be fighting with you. That's, that's why Peter, when, when uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, gets his sword out and chops off the, the Roman soldier's ear because he thought, well, it's it started. I'm going to start to fight. My moment to chop someone's ear off has begun. Always wanted to. This is why Peter was, and Jesus, he would have been so shocked when Jesus said, No, 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 Peter, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. It's like, No, but I'm ready, I'm ready to fight for you, Jesus. I'm ready to go for it. Why? But, but here's, here's Jesus. He goes to the cross and takes all of the violence of humanity. I mean, in on the cross, we see. I mean, the worst of humanity. I I mean, the other week we thought it would be a good idea on um, Good Friday to watch The Passion. Halfway through that movie, I thought this is a really bad idea. You know, why is it so violent? I mean, it's just like I forgot how shocking that movie is and its depiction of the cross and how much detail they went into to kind of be true to the scripture. I mean, it's not comfortable. I, I just can't believe the depths of violence that us humans can go to and what we can do to other people. We see that put on Christ and, and, and you would think, well, put it this way, had that happened to you and you came back from the dead, right, what would you do? I mean, look, if it was me, I would probably go and visit those guys who beat me on the back, and say, "Boom!" <laughs> and beat them over, a head, over the head a little bit, like just, or just like on, and throw them back with the power of supernatural or whatever. You know, if that was me, I'd be like all about revenge. But here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus and he's talking about something completely different. They're like, okay, Jesus, we're ready, man. You've, you've risen from the dead. You've shown yourself as powerful. Now let's go and show the rest of the world that you're powerful. We're ready. We're with you. We're standing with you. When is the time, Lord? When is it? When, when is it? Come on, I've got my sword. I've got some grenades. I've been collecting them. You know, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus is like, it's, it's, listen up. This is not up. That's not your thing. It's not your thing. I mean, in, um, in John chapter 20, verse 19 to 21, it, has, it sort of adds another angle to this where, where Jesus, at this time, he says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus, Jesus came and stood among them. The doors were locked. Jesus turns up again okay, and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. After um, he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Here's Jesus scarred and battered with the proof. He's like, he comes and says, this is what your sin did to me, but... Peace be with you. Peace be with you. You've got to understand something about the kingdom that Jesus came to establish. It was a kingdom of peace. Man and its sinful ways will tear itself down, chop itself up, And that's exactly what happened. It it, it so happened that the temple was thrown down and everything that Jesus was prophesied, but not by any of God's doing. It was men who did that. It was the evil and the wickedness of, of mankind that did that. But in and amongst it all, Jesus was establishing His kingdom of peace amongst suffering amongst trial amongst tribulation you would have thought that Jesus would come back having conquered death and taken those disciples out of that situation did you know that that it was only one of the disciples that wasn't hung it wasn't crucified it was only one of them the rest of them for what they believed in all died you would have thought that Jesus would take them out of that. But see, Jesus was establishing through them peace. And you know what? The crazy thing is, is in India right now with this election and everything, Gandhi pick up, picked up on this. I, I don't have any sort of affiliation with anything. Okay? I'm not preaching about a political party or anything like this. But Gandhi was highly affected, as you know, by Christ. And he picked up this non-violence, this element that imagine what India had have been, or would have been, had he not of. What, who, the amount of people who would have died, I mean, a lot, I know a lot of people did die, but I, the amount of, the difference we would now know India, I mean, out of that, we've had this nation for so many years now that has, has so many different cultures. I mean, I just, you can't say, oh, you're an Indian to someone. You don't know what an Indian is. It's, it's all sorts of things, many different facets. And, and all of these people, all of these different religions, walks of faith, all working together because of this man who stood up and said, no, we're not going to be violent against these perpetrators because that's what Jesus did and he conquered death and he established a kingdom of peace. They're ready to go for war. Jesus just tells them to stay and wait because he was doing something. He was doing something. They're ready to go and fight. Jesus tells them just to stay in Jerusalem. You know what we represent as a church, as a people of God? is peace. We represent peace. And that peace may cost our lives. I don't uh, take that lightly. You know, as we walk in the ways of Christ, it's crazy. He absorbed the wickedness of men and it killed him. He didn't retaliate. He didn't rise up. He didn't he didn't hit back. And then he says, you know, greater love has no no one to lay his life down for his friends. And, and then he says stuff like, As I have loved you, go and love one another. Go and lay yourself down for each other. And this will be the sign that you are my disciples. And, and he brings these commandments. To establish peace. To establish peace. It's a kingdom of peace amongst chaos. God has always worked. The way God has always worked is through establishing in and amongst chaos, in and amongst the craziness of life, in and amongst the evil and the wickedness, His people. He's done it since the beginning of time. He's done it. His people. And we are called to be His people of peace. How do we rise up to be His people of peace? Well, we follow first His commandments. Let me tell you something. You can trust Jesus and His commands. You really can. Jesus proved Himself at this point. See, the disciples, they were, they were okay, probably okay to take a command at that point because Jesus had risen again. It would have been completely different than what they were expecting, but I want to tell you something. You can trust Jesus. You can trust him with your life. He will prove himself faithful as he has proven to these disciples. He will prove himself to you. You've got to understand, he does come with a command, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't come with suggestions. And I, you know, to be honest, I would prefer it if Jesus came with suggestions. Anybody else on that with me? But He doesn't. He comes with commands. And (laughs) I don't know if you've had those moments where God has commanded something for you and you're like, but I want to do my own thing. Sometimes He speaks into the depths of your soul. Like, no, don't go there, don't do that. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but when it does, it's not fun. And especially when you go ahead and you realize He was looking out for you, that His commandment was actually something good for you. I mean, that has happened so many times. It's like, that's the lesson of being a believer. That's the lesson that every believer will have to, it's like a rite of passage where you just keep breaking God's commandments until such time as you realize, you know what, i got to stop breaking those commands because I keep on getting into all this trouble and all these issues and all these things because I'm just, I'm following my own way. I'm following my own way. But Jesus, like He did with the disciples, will prove Himself faithful to you. So you can like completely lay down your life to Him. And His commandments are not a command... To go and do something crazy but it's actually a command to help him establish a kingdom of peace on earth and that command will be central to him and his plan not you and your plan and this is this is where it gets a little like as a preacher you know i'm a preacher and i want People to know this, Jesus. I want people to believe in in Him. I want people to walk this walk with Him because He He has been amazing to me. But it gets really difficult for me as a preacher to preach this because it runs it runs against like everything that society teaches us. And I, I've seen it so many times where people blank over, like, "Oh, hold on, I have to give up my will. I have to do His will. I have to do His bidding." i have to do his stuff but what about me what about my stuff you know what about my gifts what about my talents and what about who i am and what about how i express my own individuality and all of those sorts of things and they none of those things are actually bad questions they're actually really good questions but you have to understand this god will he'll call you to trust He'll call you to trust. You'll come to a point where you have to cross a line of trust, whether he is faithful or not. You'll be like, okay, he is commanding me to give up my life, to give up my will. Can I trust him? Can I trust him or not? He doesn't force it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't like trick us into it. He waits. He waits. Until such time as we give up everything to the point where his disciples he's telling him listen don't go and fight just wait could you imagine it's like the massive anticlimax. it's like just go and wait i've come back from the dead this is jesus and i just want you to now i'm going to go up on a cloud and you just wait don't go anywhere you just wait And then he gives them a mission. In verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He gives them a mission. He gives them a mission. Now... Uh, we're a charismatic church. If you know what that means, spirit-filled. If you know what that means, we we love to talk about the prophetic. We love to talk about healings. We love to talk about the gifts of the spirit. There's something that I believe God is doing. But you know, one of the issues with the charismatic church, if I can just go with you on this a little bit, is we make it all about the experience, and we sell the whole experience right? Oh, you know, you can get healed. Awesome. Or you can, you can, you, you might, you, you'll get a prophecy. Awesome. Or I, I was in worship and I felt the Spirit of God. That is amazing. That's awesome. We love, we, we, we want that to happen. But you've got to understand something. The experience of the Holy Spirit is connected um, to a purpose. The experience of the Holy Spirit is connected to a mission. This is a problem with the church, I think, today. I'm just speaking to those who know what I'm talking about. Is It's just all a big experience. Oh, me, me, I just need God to fill me. I just need God to... And, but there's, there's no mission. There's, there's, no, there's no acknowledgement of this God who comes and commands and says, go. There's, there's this is just like, oh, no, I, I want the experience, but I'm just going to do my own thing. But that's not how it works, unfortunately. I wish it did. The experience of the Holy Spirit is connected to mission. The power of the Holy Spirit is connected to mission. The, the experience and what God will do and can do in those moments is not isolated events that we just feel and just go home after feeling. Now, this once again runs against all of... I mean, the other, uh, the other day I was looking at, a, at a, um, a friend of mine on Instagram and they've gone and had some sort of three-day camp up in a, some experience up somewhere. It's this new trendy thing. I can't remember what it's called or whatever. Where you just go and have an experience. You jump into ice buckets and you know, you, you, you jump up and down and chant together and you do yoga together and you do this together and you do that together. It's a great experience, but it's not connected to a mission. It's just a nice experience. And the person put up some photos and, oh, such a great experience. This generation, you know, we, we just want to have an experience. Listen to me. An experience isn't going to get you through. And let me tell let me take it a step closer. The experience is not isolated from purpose. If you if you're wondering what your purpose is in life, rem, just begin to give up your life to him and you will find that he will begin to give you power for your purpose. You will experience it, but it's not an isolate. It's not like, oh, I've just had this great nice emotional thing. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. This is where the church gets all tied up and lost and sort of meaningless. When, when, when we forget that God gives commands, and that He is all about establishing peace on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, it's even in what we're supposed to pray, right? And then you know, He 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 just goes ahead and and gives us a mission. These people that Jesus was speaking to, they were His apostles. They were the ones who whom um whom witnessed this and. Went ahead and established the church as we now know it. These were the people. And you might say, "But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm different. You know, I'm, I'm out there in the workplace and I'm doing this. And does that mean, Ryan, and I need to quit my job and become a pastor?" No, it doesn't, unless you're gifted in that area and you want to. But in chapter two of Acts, it wasn't just them. That Jesus was speaking to, it was it was a bunch of them. There was about a hundred and twenty of them that had, that had stayed back, that were praying, and it says here in verse two and. Uh, In verse 1 of chapter 2, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It goes on, you know, in verse 5, there was people in Jerusalem. This is what he told them to wait for. But imagine if this just had stopped as an experience. That we just, oh, you know, we want that experience. and we, we try and, you know, I mean, us charismatics, we try and replicate this. But we don't talk so much about the mission that was connected to it. And I think that's the problem. I think that's where we miss it. Guys, we don't know where things are heading for our nation right now. We don't know. But you're going to have to make a choice whether you'll be a a people of peace in the face of injustice, in the face of corruption, in the face of people who hate you for what you believe in. This is the possibility that things are going towards. We don't know. We are going to have to make a choice to be people of peace or not. People of peace in our conversations with our colleagues colleagues that vote for opposite things that we're not we don't believe in and you know we can, we can rise up and get uh, I mean even what happened in Sri Lanka last week we've got to make we got to make a choice remember Christ we have to he absorbed all of that hate and was still obedient to the Father for you and I and it brought about peace we are meant to be in the midst of chaos in the midst of evil in the midst of horrible stuff people peace and as he sent out his disciples he has left us here in this world at this time to be peacemakers to establish a kingdom of love to establish a kingdom of hope to establish a kingdom of joy in the midst of strife that's what we're about that's what the church is all about that's the mission that we're being on from, from, from this time. That's why the Holy Ghost came, spread himself out upon all of those people to establish peace, not an experience, not a feeling, not a nice kind of thing for everyone to kind of watch and go, oh, yeah, oh, okay, that's okay. They're, they're, that, that Jesus is true because they're all speaking in tongues. No, 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 no. That's part of it, but it's, 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 it's half of it. The main part of it is the mission of peace. I know this is a word that is hard, but not really. You know why? You know why? Because God has got you. God has got us. He's got us. When I, I think of when 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 Jesus was being beaten and beaten. And Peter was there. And he could see him. And he's in the middle of denying, I, I, I don't know him. I swear to you, I don't know him. I don't want to be involved in this. This is not what I thought it would be. I thought it would be different. I thought it would be different. I, I don't know him. And when he saw Jesus, look at him. And when Jesus himself saw Peter denying him while he's been beaten and When Jesus absorbs the wickedness of humanity, the sin of humanity. And in that moment, I think of my own self. And, you know, I'm Peter. I'm Peter. I don't When like what God is doing. I'm Peter. I pull away. I withdraw. I pull into my own thing. I want to do my own thing but his Jesus even though peter did that comes back peace be with you peace be with you you know the mission that we're on is a mission of peace when jesus says that peace be with you when he says he sends him out you're going to receive power when the holy spirit comes on you, you know what that power you know what, you know what that power is for that power is for peace. Where does that peace start? Well, just like how you're Peter and I'm Peter, that even though we've denied God, yet he still pursues us, yet he still made a way for us. Even though we don't deserve it, yet he still loves us and he still accepts us when we turn to him. Even though we we pursue our own stuff, our own Things that have got nothing to do with God and His commands. Even though we do that, sometimes on a daily basis, He still comes and says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And that same peace, when you begin to receive it, changes everything. You know, that is the mission that we have. To carry that peace that we have been given, even though we don't deserve it into the world that doesn't deserve it. I know there are people in your world who deserve you to be angry at them, who deserve your unforgiveness. And one of the things I've been doing lately as uh, you might know is this little <laughs> uh, acting job, you know? Uh, and uh, it's, it's not in any way glamorous when you're at three or four in the morning and really tired and you've had some person come to your van and say get up you gotta come and get on set now and the camera's right at you and there's a, a thousand people looking at you and you gotta do your thing I'm like god why am i here why don't, one of one of the um <laughs> i'm like i'm literally asking god why am i here what is the whole reason for this like I, i'm just interesting that i'm here doing this and I think one of the things I've realized, is I've just gotten so used to uh, being my own boss. I come, there's my office. I just come here every week, every day and sit in my office. I meet with some people, talk with them, pray with them. It's so easy. It's so nice. All of a sudden, I'm just thrown into this thing. And what, um, can, I, can I confess something to you? There's one of the people, um, one of the co-actors. I just don't like him. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I don't like him. He <laughs> makes me feel like Peter with the sword. <laughs> I know how difficult this is. I guess that's one of the reasons. Uh, I'm talking about this story because in the midst of your career, in the midst of your work, um, amongst a whole lot of people, you're going to have to apply this. The undeserved grace of God that has been given, the unmerited favor i mean even that song we're singing um there's a changing in my direction we didn't we didn't do anything to merit that <laughs> so it's not like i mean we just we we sing praises we, we 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 pray and we seek him but it's because of his goodness to us you know that anything good would happen and we have to take that peace into the places where that peace is not. That is our commandment. And you've got to understand something. When you begin to move in that, that's where the power of God is. That's where the power is. That is where people will look up and say, y- y- you're different. It's not about apologetics, although apologetics are good. It's not about knowing your Bible back to front, although that is good. It's not even about your ability to operate in your gifting, although that is good. It is about the mission of establishing peace on earth as it is in heaven. And that peace is a peace where injustice is absorbed and forgiven. That is the difference. And that is the mission that God has called us to in this world. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along? 1130 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.